today, the title of my message is called Bearing Fruit. I'm just curious, okay, um, just curious what they came up with. And that looks great, right? That's fruit looks good. <laughs> but uh, there's something that God wants to do, and it's interesting that he showed me the fire of God. Um, sometimes in order for us to bear fruit, in order for us to grow, there's something that needs to happen that's not necessarily uh, pleasant. Um, and that's a pruning. That's a pruning of our hearts, of our lives. And it was interesting. I was in the presence of the Lord this week and just worshiping him, just spending time with him, just spend time with him. And I got really in the spirit, and you won't believe what I saw. <laughs> I'm in the spirit. I'm just in his presence. And what do I see? I see a dead branch fall on me. And I was like, what was that, Lord? <laughs> and he said, I'm pruning you. So a dead branch fell, and he said, I'm pruning you. And I was like, oh, I mean, I had some sense of what it meant. And so I then gave him permission, because I was saying already, Lord, I yield to you. Lord, have your way. Lord, I want to I wanna be used by you for your glory. Lord, you know, this is my desire. And then all of a sudden, I see this dead branch. And um, he said, he's pruning me. And then I took it a step further. I was like, okay, Lord, I give you permission, and I ask you to prune me. I ask you to remove the things from me that are a hindrance to you. I give you permission, Lord. I ask you to prune me. Why does he prune us? He wants us to grow. He wants us to bear fruit. Amen? Hallelujah. He wants us to grow. He wants us to bear fruit. He doesn't want us to be just a tree with no leaves, and produce nothing for the kingdom of heaven, you know? Usually when you have a dead tree in your backyard, what do you do? <laughs> you cut it off. Why? It's not producing anything beautiful. It's just taking up space. I don't want to be that for the kingdom of heaven. I don't want to just take a space. I want to be a tree that is planted by streams of living water that yields fruit in every season. That whatever I do prospers and gives him glory. Amen? That should be our heart's desire. And so he said he's pruning me, and I'm like, okay, that means I'm going to grow more. So I give you permission to prune me. And so to prune, this definition, is to trim a tree, a shrub, or a bush by cutting away the dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. <sighs> Do you ever hear of growth pains, growing pains growing up? Did you ever have growing pains growing up? You feel like your bones are being stretched and it's achy. And Growing spiritually is the same way, by the way. It doesn't always feel pleasant. When you're growing in the Lord... He doesn't let you get away with what you used to get away with. When you're growing in the Lord and he's stretching you, it can be uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that it's not God. Actually, it means that you're growing out of what you used to be like into something new. 
Amen. And so it's not always easy to go through growing pains. Um, you know, babies, they grow out of clothes really, really fast. You know, each month it's like a new set of clothes, right? I'm sure you know. Um, and kids, you know, every year I'm having to go through all of Jude's clothes for the next year because he's not going to fit those clothes more than a year unless I get them really, really baggy. <laughs> um, and so our clothes or the things that we're comfortable in spiritually right now hopefully won't fit next month or next year. Hopefully the things that we wore, the, 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 uh, the feelings that we felt and, and, and the things that we were okay with last month or last year we're not okay with now because we've grown. I hope that you're growing by hearing the word of God every week. Um, and that's the, the intention of releasing the word of God is so that you will develop, so that you will grow. Hallelujah. So God is, is wanting us not to just stop in our growth. He's wanting us to develop and produce something that's a blessing to the kingdom of heaven. That gives him glory. He's wanting us to produce fruit. And so John 15, 2 says that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll even be more fruitful. So a dead branch came off of me, but then he said he's pruning me. So he's going to make it to be where I'm more fruitful. I want to produce more for the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know how, but by the spirit of God, right? So invite God to prune you. Invite him to make adjustments in your heart. Even if you think your ideas are the right ideas, just surrender it to him anyways. Lord, I want your ideas. I want the mind of Christ. I want whatever you want for my life. That, that's been my, my, my recent prayer. Lord, I want to walk in the fullness of what you planned for me. He told me once um, when he was telling me to write this book, he said, it's okay, write it because I've already written your story. With that, and, and that's scriptural. It's in the word. He's already written our story. And um, with that being said, he knows what he wants me to walk in. And so my prayer is, Lord, I want to walk in all that you have for me. But in order to walk in the fullness of what God has for us, sometimes he'll give us glimpses like a little piece of the puzzle here and there, a glimpse into the future of, um, you know, like for me it was like a crusade or, or, or for you it might be of a business or, you know, a certain area of ministry wanting to be involved or whatever. He may give you a vision and a piece of the puzzle, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're ready for that right now. There may be some growth and some pruning to happen before you're prepared to bear fruit in that area. And so my prayer is, Lord, I want to bear fruit. I want to walk in the fullness of what you have for me. And here I am in the spirit, and I'm praying that prayer, and all of a sudden I see a dead branch drop on my belly. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, who's that? He's pruning me. You know, today as I was studying and just looking over my notes, um, I thought of a crab. I was watching, I watched shows with Jude before bed, and 
um, we were watching about crabs <laughs> and how they, once they feel a little confined in their shell, they will disregard that shell and go and find a new shell so that they can continue to develop and grow. I'm not telling you to go find a new house because you're good here. But we should become uncomfortable in what we have been involved in and what we have been doing. We should continue to grow in our service to the Lord and in our gifts to the Lord. We should. We shouldn't just be a bench warmer or a dead tree in the backyard. We should do something for the Lord that gives him glory. Right? We should do something for the Lord. You're not called just to be an attendant of a church. You're called to bear fruit for the kingdom of heaven. And I love, like, Nilda, I love your heart and just wanting to do service. It might not be what you're called to do. She's also a minister. But yet willing to serve the Lord through cleaning or organizing or whatever God can use you if you will let him and you can bear fruit in many ways. You don't have to just be an apple tree. <laughs> you can bear pears and whatever um, and do more for the Lord than you just have a vision for, you know, in the way future. Anyways, so crabs, back to crabs. So periodically, they need to upgrade their housing. They become uncomfortable because they're growing. They're going through a growth spurt, and they're growing, and so they need to find a new shell. So they discharge their old shell, and they find a new shell moving into something that is bigger so that they have room to grow. We should always be developing. We should always be growing in the Lord, and we should it's part of growth and it's okay to become uncomfortable in what you used to allow in your life. And it's important that you do discharge it so that you can keep growing. You know, for, for some it might be as little as like a certain TV show. For some it might be language you used to be okay with letting out of your mouth. For some it might be that you were okay with only coming to Sunday morning church, but now you're, you feel led to come to Wednesday nights. I'm not going to share your story. <laughs> Should I share it? Um, some, some, of you, <laughs> some of you might know. So, so God's really been moving, by the way. You're missing out if you're not here on Wednesday nights. Can I hear an amen? Um, God has just been moving. A couple weeks ago, actually, Jesus showed up and touched and spoke to each and every person. Um, it, it was phenomenal. You can't plan something like that. And then this last week, I don't even know, but it was, we were in the spirit. <laughs> I can't even like put my finger on it, but whatever the case, um, it was interesting because I was like Sunday or Wednesday afternoon. It was like 5 PM ish or something. And Clayton goes to bed really early. He wakes up at like 3 AM anyways. But this is interesting that the Lord was like dealing with his heart to get to church for Wednesday night. And, uh, in the afternoon, when he had just gone to bed, he woke up to get a snack or something like that, I don't remember. But I was sitting on the couch preparing, and he came down. And um, he's like, I just had this dream, this weird dream. And I was like, yeah. And he said, it was Wednesday night. I was like, it is Wednesday night. And he said, it was Wednesday night. And he said, and you were having service, and I was at home in my underwear, which is essentially what goes on. You know, he's at home, sleeping, while we're here at having church. 
right? So God shows him, you're at home in your underwear. But he said, but you were at church. Huh? He was in bed. Yeah. He was not ready for church. So, but he said, I was having service and I had a word for him. And he's like, hold on. I got to get my clothes on to be able to get there to receive this word. So he's, he had to get ready in order to come to receive the word. But then after he received, got ready, got to church, and then received the word, then God gave him two scenarios where he had to go minister to people. And, and he ministers in a different kind of way. He ministers a lot to uh, emotional needs of people, things that people are going through, um, you know, difficult situations in the natural and this and that. Like, that's his expertise, and he's just good at it. Um, anyways, and so as soon as he received a word, then God had something for him to do. Amen? Um, where am I going with this? So, yeah, so I, yeah, I interpret it as like, well, exactly what I said, that God has something for you and something for you to do. But we need to become uncomfortable with our regular, like, church attendance if God's telling you, get to church on Wednesdays, right? Or, or we need to be uncomfortable with what we were okay with, with uh, just doing the five minutes of, of doing a devotional in the morning if God's asking for you to meditate on his word an hour before bed at night. Like, instead of entertaining yourself with, um, you know, two hours of social media, scrolling or watching YouTube or whatever, why not spend time in the presence of the Lord preparing yourself so that then he can speak to you in the nighttime? So, so God wants growth out of us. God wants us to develop and grow. Who here can say, I, I don't want dreams and visions and revelations from heaven? Who can say that? No? Well, then I'm talking to you today because you want to develop and grow. You want to grow in your knowledge of God. You want to grow and develop fruit for the kingdom of heaven. And you want to have available to you, you want to grasp everything that God has in store for you. But if you desire that, then it's going to take some stretching. It's going to take you being obedient to get out of, uh, not get out of your underwear, but get into your clothes and get to church on a Wednesday night so that he can minister to you then through you. Why would he want that? He wants you to grow and develop in what he has for you to do. He does, I, he does not. He never intended us spiritually to stay babies. We know this, right? But even once we become adults, it shouldn't stop there. It doesn't matter what your age. You should continually be growing in the Lord, growing in knowledge and wisdom of the Lord, growing in stature of the Lord, and developing and bearing fruit for the kingdom of heaven, being a blessing to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. First Peter 2, 2 and 3 says, Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for nourishment now that you have tasted of the Lord's kindness. It's ingrained in us as human beings, even from a baby, to desire in a couple months, your baby girl will start to want to crawl, to stand, to walk, to run so fast that she can't keep up and she'll fall. The angel will catch her. It's okay. But anyways, it's ingrained in us 
to want to do, develop naturally and grow and then want to eat herself. Like once you start spoon feeding her, that's great and it's nice and clean and everything. But once they want to start feeding themselves, it's going to happen. They're going to get messy. And let me just say that as you grow spiritually, it's okay to take steps of faith and not get it all perfect. But at least you're growing. At least you're developing. You know, I'm, I wasn't always where I am today. I wasn't always where I am. I developed and grew a gift that I knew God had placed on the inside of me. No longer am I casting out Twinkies. If you heard that story before. <laughs> a gift needs to be developed. It needs to grow. And so God has gifted each one of you. Before you were born in your mother's womb, God had a plan for you, right? But just because he has a plan doesn't mean it's going to be fulfilled unless you develop it, unless you grow in it. In Colossians 1, 9 and 10, he says, and, and this is Paul praying for the body of Christ. He's praying for you. We have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Once you know that, it encourages this. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. The whole point of you reading the word, the whole point of you coming to church is so that you grow in your knowledge of God, of what he has for you, right? And when you know what he has for you, then all of a sudden it, it, it produces something in you, the desire to want to please him with what he's put on the inside of you. And you develop that and bear fruit and you'll grow you'll become a bigger blessing to the kingdom of heaven. All the while, you will grow as you learn and know God better. So it's to your benefit to meditate on the word. It's to your benefit to hear God's word and put it into practice because he who's a forgetful here, right, you're not going to receive much from that if you let it go in one ear and out the other. No, you want to grow, so you're going to put to practice whatever it is God's teaching you. Whatever it is, God's speaking to you. So as we grow in this knowledge and wisdom, we become more and more pleasing to God. As we develop and do things for the kingdom of heaven and, and put our hand to what it is he's showing us, we become more and more pleasing and produce more and more fruit of the spirit, not of the flesh. Amen. Listen, God has been speaking to me. He's a gardener. He is a gardener. I am not a gardener, so he's really having to teach me about this. <laughs> We're just admiring a plant we killed in our bedroom. We've had it for like seven years. I don't know why. All of a sudden it's dying. We needed Mike to come over and baby it, but it didn't happen. So it's dying. It's like a crisp. It's lots of crispy critters, <laughs> uh, leaves and stuff. Because we're not gardeners. We're not good at it. We needed to be pruning. We needed to be watering the right amount or less or whatever. Um, but God, he is a gardener. He is a gardener, and he knows how 
to have something grow and develop. Look at this. And, and, and <laughs> listen, in the beginning in Genesis 2, what did he do? He created a garden, right? He created a garden, and he, he saw that it was good. He's all about seeing a garden be good and fruitful. And that's what he looks at you. He's looking for fruit to see that it's good in your life. Okay, back to John. So John 15, 1 through 8, I am the true vine, and my father is what? The gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. So you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken. I believe that's what God was doing this morning, by the way. Burning off branches that have hindered you so that you can grow. You're going to notice and see more growth in the coming weeks than you have in years if you laid those things down this morning. Amen. So, you are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and this is, he's telling us how to grow. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. See, you can go out and work and toil as hard as you can and have a dead plant like me in my bedroom. You can work and you can toil and do things of your own accord, your own plans, your own purposes, and it can fail hard. But when you yield to the Lord's plans and the Lord's purpose and ask him what he wants to do through you and invite him to work that in you and through you, you'll produce fruit because you're remaining in him and he in you, right? If any man does not remain in me, Let's go back. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them up and they throw them in the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Proof that you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is that you're remaining in him, his words remain in you. You're doing what's pleasing unto the Lord. He identifies you as his child, as his son, as his daughter, as his disciple. And when you do this, when you do what's pleasing to God, it says you are glorifying him and you will produce much fruit. It's really not that hard, except that you got to be willing to allow him to be the gardener of your life and prune the things off that hinder you. It could be your thought life. It could be physically what you're doing to your body. And it could be to what extent you're sowing to the spirit that he wants increase or, or whatever. He's probably never going to say, oh, you're praying too much. You know, he's probably never going to do that. But, but it's what you're sowing to the spirit, you know, what you're sowing into your life. So if you want to grow, you've got to allow him to be the gardener and prune you and adjust you and stretch you, even if it hurts sometimes, you know? I remember, and I think I told you this, but Clayton and I um, used to watch, and this sounds bad, but I'm just going to say it anyways, but we used to watch The Bachelor together. 
And sorry to those of you who watch it. But so I was a youth pastor, and uh, this is many years ago. And we watched it all the way up to like the last two or three episodes. And you want to see who the person ends up with. And the Lord, all, and I, all of a sudden, of course, it's like January or something. And all of a sudden, the Lord puts me on a fast. And all of a sudden, he's like, don't watch that anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord. <laughs> Pruning. And I'm just using a really, really natural example but that may be hard for some people if they're so into a show and he's like. Because if you really are on a fast and you're really desiring to grow in me and you're saying you want to be used in these gifts of my spirit, there needs to be more room for me to grow through you. So whatever it is, surrendering a habit, surrendering a show, or spending more time sowing to the Spirit, praying more, coming to church Wednesday night, getting ready to receive, to be used by God, whatever it is, let him be the gardener of your life so that you can produce fruit and give him glory and praise. We're called to walk in the fullness of what he's created us for. He's written our story, and he has plans for you to be fulfilled in life and for you to fulfill and give him pleasure. But you must yield to his pruning. How does God prune a church? He gets rid of the dead wood. He gets rid of the dead branches. There is a pruning in churches. And the Lord has shown me we went through one, I don't know, about a year ago or so. There's like a falling away, but it's not that they're falling away, but God wants to prune and he wants things to grow. And so sometimes you see people kind of plucked out and it's sad, but God does it for your own good. Because if someone's stunting a growth or hindering the move of God or spreading lies, or unbelief, or gossip, or whatever, and they're unwilling to repent, he'll say, okay, you got to get out of the way, because I want to move here. God can prune the body of Christ in that way. We've seen it. <clears throat> but it's always for his benefit. It's always so that he can grow in a place, or that he can grow and help you grow and develop in your walk with the Lord. What happens if we don't allow him to prune the church or prune our vessel or our lives? What happens? Our growth is stunted. We're stunted in our growth. God corrects us or instructs us, and we don't yield to it. We just continue doing what we've always done, and we're like that hermit crab, and that shell's getting tighter and tighter. We're okay with it. We want to stay the way it is. Don't get like that. Don't be okay with, with things the way they are. Desire to grow. He instilled it in you as a child, as a baby. Desire to develop in your gift. Desire to be used by God. And how is that going to happen unless you let him prune and garden your heart and your life? Amen.
Isaiah 18, 5 says, Before the harvest, when blossom is gone and the flower becomes a ripening grape, he will cut off shoots with a pruning knife, and he will cut away the spreading branches. He's just always developing, always helping us to develop into the tree, the plant, or whatever it is to produce the right kind of fruit that will bring him glory, that will bring him praise. In Psalms 92, 12 through 14, it says the godly will flourish like a palm tree. Those things are, they're sturdy, right? They will grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted in the Lord's house. How many of you know that there's living water in the Lord's house, right? We have the, the source of supply, the nutrients from the Lord. So we develop and grow. So he says, the godly are like palm trees or the cedars of Lebanon because they're transplanted into the Lord's house. Because we live in the Lord's house or we abide in his presence, we're receiving the nutrients and we're receiving um, the, the pruning and the gardening from him. And then listen to this, what happens. Um, for they are transplanted in the Lord's own house. They will flourish in the courts of God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain a vital, a, they will remain vital and green. So you don't become just because you're getting older. God says your youth is renewed, right? But but just because you're getting older doesn't mean you become less vital to the, the body of Christ and to the kingdom of heaven. No, he says as you grow older, if you're still planted in the Lord's house and you're still planted and, and abiding in him and he's abiding in you, he says you'll still flourish in the courts of God courts of God and even in old age you'll produce fruit and you'll be remaining vital and green until you get translated to heaven you'll continue to produce fruits for the kingdom of heaven there's not a certain age at age 60 at age 70 that you hang it up and you just become an attendee no God wants you to produce fruit he doesn't never want you to be a bench warmer. There's nowhere in the world that says at this age you retire. Did you ever hear, and I'm not like discouraging those of you who have retired, um, when you retire from a job, you should have another assignment. Because there's like proof out there that says like when people retire, they, they you know, and I'm not going to speak negative over you, but because we're always meant to have purpose, always. We're always meant to produce fruit. We're always meant to, to, to give God glory and pleasure. So at no age should we retire and sit back on a couch then, now we become a couch potato. <laughs> not producing, not developing. Hallelujah. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to develop spiritually. I want to see more fruit in my life for the kingdom of heaven. And you know, it becomes easy. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. So don't start thinking like, oh, I'm going to have to do all this stuff. The Lord just laid the Pakistan thing at my feet. Like, will you do this for me? And if your answer is yes, you can produce fruit for the kingdom of heaven, right? So, so he'll lay things and give you opportunity to produce fruit and to grow 
spiritually. In Colossians 1.10, So as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing to him, how am I fully pleasing to him? He says it right here. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of him. We have to be bearing fruit and increase in the knowledge of him if we want to be pleasing to him. It's not enough just to come hear the word or to open your Bible and not do what it says. Not let it prune you. Not let it stretch you, instruct you. That's not enough. We have to let it stretch us and help us grow. Do you ever read something in the word and you're like, ooh, I'm not doing that? Or, oh, I haven't been doing that. Well, make the adjustment and you'll start to grow. And you'll start to develop a new fruit. Try it. Read the word with intention to grow. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what needs to be pruned or adjusted in your life. And let it. And he says this, that you'll be walking worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. I want to be fully pleasing to him. Bearing fruit and every good work and increasing while you're increasing in your knowledge of him. If I learn something's pleasing to the Lord, I make the adjustment. I want to do that. If I learn something's displeasing to the Lord, I want to stop that and I want to give him permission to prune that from me. Why? Because we're here to give him glory. We're here, our job is to give him glory, to bear fruit and to grow in purpose, to grow in giving him praise, bearing fruit for the kingdom of heaven. Amen? The Lord spoke to me in a, an encounter that I had with him. He spoke to me and he said, um, um, he told me, he's like, don't look at what I ask you to do as a job. Don't look at the word as a to-do list. But look at it as an assignment from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. An assignment. He's assigned me because he finds me worthy. He's assigning me because he knows I'm the right man for the job or woman. Look at it like that and consider it an honor rather than a burden. I've got to do this. No, I want to do this because he has instilled in me the desire to want to bear fruit for him. Amen? I want to bear fruit for him. I want to give him glory. I don't want to do the stuff that's just going to pass away. I mean, it does, I'm not talking about, you know, enjoying life and enjoying your family because he tells us to do that in the word. So I'm not talking about neglecting that. But in everything we do, we should be able to give God glory. I had lunch with Kristen this week, brunch lunch. <laughs> and uh, the whole conversation was pretty much about Jesus. And the glory of God was just all over us. And we came out of there and we're like in a bubble. And I was like, well, those people got an earful. <laughs> if people were listening, they heard all about Jesus, all about encounters with Jesus, all about dreams. We were saying, the people there are probably like, man, they say Jesus. 
you know? Even a lunch can have purpose to it and can produce fruit. Something egg, golden egg cafe, golden nest. It was prophetic. Anyways, <laughs> Kristen brought that up. She's awesome. She's going to be doing our next women's breakfast in April, ladies. Okay. So think of what God's asking you to do when he's trying to prune you, when he's trying to ask you to do something as an assignment. Why? Because he wants you to grow. The Lord, I, I announced to you, I wasn't announcing a fast this year, because I wanted you to ask the Lord what he wants you to do. I didn't want to announce a certain thing or a certain time limit or anything like that. Because what if he wants more for you or what if he wants less from you? He knows what's going to help you grow. And he asked of me something. And I said, yes, Lord. Okay, Lord. And it wasn't the first of the year like it usually is, you know. And, and, and I believe his timing is right, right? His timing is right. And he knows exactly what he's doing. If he asks you for something, do you think he asks a miss? Do you think he makes a mistake? No. If he's asking you to give up something, it's so that you'll be ready for the next thing that he has for you. If he's asking you to sow more by spending more time with him in the morning or by prayer or by coming to church Wednesday night, it's because always that he has something more in store for you. Not just because we want to fill the seats, but because he has an assignment from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For you to do. I want to be used by God. Jeremiah uh, 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Who trusts when God says something? Do you think he knows what he's talking about? So blessed are you. For you are like a tree planted by water. That sends out roots by the stream. Who does not fear when he comes. For it... It, um, its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, but it does not cease to bear fruit. So, so things may happen all around you, but if you stay planted in the Lord's house, planted in the Lord's presence, you will still continue to bear fruit no matter what your age. And then Psalms 1, 1 through 3, very similar. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. You're not focused on the things of this earth. You're not focused on what man says is important. You're focused on what God says is important. But you walk not in the counsel of the wicked, nor do you stand in the way of sinners. You don't get conformed to the things of this world. You don't sit in the seat of scoffers. But your delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. On his law, you make a decision every day. To meditate on it day and night. You will be like a tree. That tree of Lebanon. That palm tree. Do you notice palm trees are usually in, in hot places? But yet they flourish. I didn't do a study on palm trees, but it's in the word of God. They must retain water or something that helps them continue to stay green in the heat. God wants you to be like a palm tree. And how you do that is you stay in his presence and you meditate on his word day and night. And you're like a tree planted by streams of living water. Your leaf will not wither and whatever you do will prosper. That's what I want to be like. Say, I want to be like a tree. <laughs> planted in heavenly places, right? 
Hallelujah. Producing fruit for the Lord. So then allow God to make adjustments in your life. Letting him feed you. Meditating on the word. Letting him nourish you. Letting him correct you. You know, when he corrects us, it's out of love. When he tells us, don't go there, it's out of love. It's out of protection. Because he wants you safe. He wants nothing to hinder you. I remember a story about my dad. He was walking in such a supernatural power when he was like a, a young um, Christian. I told you a few stories. I mean, swirling power where he's ministering to someone and their, their eyes are being healed of, of blindness. Like, awesome power. And he, but he was still a baby Christian, but he did hear the voice of God. And somebody um, who was a mentor in his life invited him to this random Bible study. And remember, the Lord says, walk not in the counsel of man, but of God, right? But so this man invited him to a Bible study, one he had never been to. And, well, it's a Bible study, right? But the Holy Spirit told him no. But he leaned to his own understanding and went to this Bible study. You know what? This Bible study, they planted all kinds of thoughts of doubt about that the power of God's available today. And the power that was manifesting in his life waned because doubt set in because of what was planted. Why am I saying this? We need to rely on the counsel of the Lord, not on our own understanding. And we need to be willing to say yes when he says yes and no to what he says no to. Even if to man it's like, why wouldn't you do that? Rely and know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you will continue to develop and grow. You will. And then one last scripture, Luke 6, 43-45. No good tree bears bad fruit. So if you're good, you're not going to be bearing bad. And if you want to be good, then let him prune the bad. <laughs> Nor, again, does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is known by its fruit. Yikes. So thank you, Jesus, for pruning off whatever it was, that dead branch that I was carrying around, bearing weight on in my life. I, just, I don't know what it is, but I, do you? <laughs> tell me later. Don't tell me now. <laughs> you don't want to say that. Oh, they know. Anyways, your spouse knows everything. Um, but I, what I do notice is things are less desirable that used to be desirable. That was a nice way of doing it, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> not like, no, you shall not do this. It was like, oh, no, I don't feel like that. I feel like this. I don't feel like watching a show. I feel like studying his word. So, for no good tree bears bad fruit. Again, no bad tree bears good fruit. For each is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered up from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bush. 
But a good person out of the good treasury of his heart produces good, and an evil person out of the treasure of his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. You're releasing fruit. So what fruit is coming out of here? What fruit is coming from your life? She's hungry. She's tired. She's crabby. Hunger. Like a newborn baby. Right? Lord, just prune us. Continue to prune us, Lord. Lord, continue so that we can grow. Continue to cut off the things that are a hindrance to you, God. We surrender all that which is displeasing to you. I hear heaven. <laughs> we surrender, Lord. There's things that you were sitting here thinking about. The Lord's asked me to not do this anymore. Just give it to him. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to hang on to that. The reason he's asking it from you is because he wants you to develop and grow. He wants you to walk in all that he has for you. And it will bring fulfillment to your life. So give it to him and watch. Give it to him and watch what he can do with your life. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God's grace is there to help us to um, be able to, <laughs> to grow. And, um, and thank God for his grace. 